بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم أما بعد عن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أشد حياء من العذراء في خدرها فإذا رأى شيئا يكرهه عرفناه في وجهه متفق عليه Abu Sa'id Khudri radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrates with regards to the extent of the haya and shame and modesty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as we mentioned previously and we've seen in the previous riwayat that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam equated haya and shame and iman with uh, Haya and shame and modesty with Iman. So obviously, the person with the highest level of Iman was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inni akhshakum lillah wa atqaakum lahu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said there is no one that has more khashiyat for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and more taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than myself, that is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself. So if Haya is part of Iman. The higher the level of Iman, the greater the level of Haya and shame and modesty. So this would be found to Kamal and perfection in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It stands to reason. So Abu, Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu ta'ala gives a beautiful analogy to describe the Haya and shame of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was more modest, more shy, had greater level of haya than a virgin woman, a virgin young girl in her private room. Obviously, we can understand this type of analogy. An untouched, chaste young girl who is obviously not married, she's a virgin, her level of shame and modesty naturally would be very, very high. And we find that in the narration it comes fi khidriha. In other words, in her private room refers to the way she will behave, how shy and modest she will be when she will be meeting her husband for the first time in solitude. That young girl meeting her husband for the first time in solitude her shame, her modesty. Abu Sayyid Khudi radiallahu ta'ala who says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was even more modest than that. Had an even higher level of shame and haya than that. And he goes on to describe the haya and shame of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, فَإِذَا رَآ شَيْءً يَكْرَهُهُ عَرَفْنَاهُ فِي وَجِهِ That if there was something that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam disliked, some demeanor, some manner, some practice of some of the sahaba, which went against shariat, which was something that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam disliked, the Abu Sayyid Khudir radiallahu ta'ala says, we could immediately discern and recognize this on the expression of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on his face. In other words, his haya. His shame, his modesty was such that if there was something that was upsetting him, 
something that he disliked that was going on in front of him. Nabi Islam would not blurt out. He would not attack that individual. He was upset, it was irritating him. But his haya and shame would stop him from hitting out directly at that individual. Abu Sayyid Khudri radiallahu says, we could see the change or the effect on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I mentioned this many times previously, that we, today, we are very crafty and conniving, many of us, in our dealing with others. Sometimes you got something against the person, you are upset about something, but you are smiling at that person. Why? Because you've got some hidden agenda or hidden objective. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, part of his akhlaq and his character was that he was an open book. There was nothing hidden, there was nothing nefarious. There was no conniving and cunning in the manner of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Something upset him, made him angry, made him upset, disliked. He disliked it. Insani nature, he was irritated by something. Sahaba used to say when he became upset, his cheeks would become red. It would become recognizable on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Some riwayat, it comes, كَأَنَّمَا فُقِيَ فِي وَجِي حَبَّدُ الرُّمَّانِ it was as if pomegranate juice had been sprinkled on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. With regards to the description of Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is mentioned Azadjul Hawajib Sawabir Bainahuma Qan Yudirruhul Ghadab that the eyebrows of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam were arced. This is a sign of beauty where the eyebrows are arced. Sawabir min ghayri qarn. They were rounded, they were full, but they would not meet in the, in, in, in the center. In the center there was a gap for the eyebrows of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And بَيْنَهُمَا عِرْقٌ يُدِرُّهُ الْغَضَبْ In this gap there was a vein which used to run. And this vein would protrude when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would become upset. So in other words, as we mentioned, that his tabiat, his mizaj, his temperament was, he was an open book. So you could see, discern, there was nothing conniving or hidden or nefarious in the manner of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So فَإِذَا رَآ شَيْئًا يَكْرَهُهُ عَرَفْنَاهُ فِي وَجْهِ Abu Sayyid Khudri radiallahu ta'ala says that when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam disliked anything, this could be easily discerned and seen on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In other words, the displeasure could be seen, but he would not openly strike out. Ulamai kiram qualify this, and they say that this does not refer to matters of religion, of a level of halal and haram. Since immediately cautioning those who acted contrary to divine commandments, this was part of the divine responsibility of Rasulullah sallallahu Somebody is doing something haram, impermissible, there Allah's Rasul sallallahu would speak out because part of the responsibility of the Nabi of Allah was to enforce and bring alive the Sharia. So there there is no shyness or modesty or haya that becomes an obstacle in establishing haq and truth. They, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam immediately would speak out and say that certain thing is wrong or he would stop the sahabi from whatever wrong he was doing in order to enforce and bring alive the shariat. We mentioned this previously for a person to say now haram is going on, you're keeping silent, you're doing nothing about it and you say, mujhe sharam aate hai, I'm being shy, I'm being modest. 
That is not shyness. That is in fact cowardice. Your haya and shame at that point, haya and shame for Allah should cause you to speak out. That Allah's command is being broken, how can I keep silent? Hey, it is not an issue of shame and haya. And for Allah Dara says in the Quran, Wallahu la yastahi min al haq. Wallahu la yastahi min al haq. In Allah la yastahi an yadriba mathalam ma ba'udatan fama fokaha. He does not embarrass Allah Ta'ala to give you examples of his qudrat and power with simple creation. Sometimes a mosquito, Allah will use that as an example. Sometimes a fly, something insignificant, Allah will use. He does not embarrass Allah to use this as a sign to show you his qudrat and his power. Wallahu la yastahi min al-haq. Allah is not embarrassed or ashamed of the truth. In fact, with regards to the women of the Ansar, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha makes a beautiful observation with regards to them where she says, it's mentioned in the riwayat, qalad Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha ni'man nisa, nisaul ansar lam yamna'hunna al-haya an yatafaqqahna fi al-deen She says, how good are the women of the ansar or the wives of the ansar of Medina ansar refers to the residents of Medina Munawara لَمْ يَمْنَعْهُنَّ الْحَيَاةِ Their shame and their modesty did not become an obstacle to them getting the correct faqahat and understanding of deen. Example, Umm Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in an open majlis she puts a question to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam هَلْ عَلَى الْمَرْعَةِ مِنْ غُسْلٍ إِذَا هِيَ اِحْتَمَلَتْ هَلْ عَلَى الْمَرْأَةِ مِنْ غُسْلٍ إِذَا هِيَ اِحْتَلَمَتْ That Ya Rasulullah, if a woman has, to, to translate it crudely, if a woman has to have a wet dream, does she have to make ghusl? Now, this is something that normally to ask such a question would embarrass one. But it's a question of shariat and deen. If these type of questions were not put to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how would we learn what is the masla? What is the shariat? What is the deen? So Umm Salim radiallahu ta'ala comes and asks such a question to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We would not say in such an instance that here she is being immodest. Modesty, humility, etc. That is there that should not become an impediment to learning one's deen. That should not become an impediment to establishing the haq and the truth. So, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala referring to this type of question, she says, Ni'man nisa, nisaul ansar. That how good and how beneficial the women of the ansar were. They did not allow their shame and their modesty to become an obstacle. Lam yamna'hunna al-haya. They do not allow their shame and their modesty to become an obstacle to get them getting the faqahat and the understanding of deen. We find that Imam Nawi rahimahullah at the end of the chapter he mentions one of the advices that were given by the ulama kiram particularly obviously of the salaf salihin the pious predecessors of the past in this instance particularly that personality, we all would have heard the name Tajul Arifin, he was given the title, the crown of those who 
وعارف بالله Those who recognized Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, great wali of Allah, Sayyidina Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah, he mentions, he's saying, where he explains what is the meaning of haya and shame. Obviously, we've run out of time. Inshallah, we'll continue.